0: off check one
1: two check 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 everybody check check check
0: checking check check check
1: cool um all right this is what i'm
0: gonna do i'm going to exit the room close the door and you can start whenever 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 Sit
1: quietly as
2: long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sarah Bainter.
1: And I'm Tom Foster on ArtBeat, Artbeat Podcast. Podcast.
2: This episode is brought to you by Calliope Bedker and Sean Bedker, amazing father and daughter artists. ArtBeat is also brought to you by Chuck Bennis, who, out of the 200, about 200 new Facebook ArtBeat Podcast subscribers, Chuck is the only one to subscribe on SoundCloud. And this Go episode Chuck. is only made possible by our listeners. So thank you for that, Chuck. And Tom?
1: Um, yeah, well, we just wanted to welcome uh, Dylan Jacobson here today. Yeah. Um, this is the re of the Artbeat podcast, and we'll kind of get into the history of um, Artbeat here a little bit, but not right off the bat. I, I you know kind of researching and and learning a little bit more about you. Um, I see that you're a really big Sioux Falls guy, like Mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. Um, I live downtown now. Nice. Um, I moved here in 94. Okay. And uh, just really enjoy what downtown's become. And um, so you went to Washington High School, so I'm assuming you grew up in Sioux Falls.
0: I did. I actually moved to Sioux Falls in 1995, so a year after you did. I was seven. Um, So I've technically been in the area for 23 years now. Uh, but I, I actually live pretty far away right now. I live in Iowa City, so it's a six-hour drive. But I make it at least once a month, which is nuts. Sure, yeah, there we go.
1: On. So you moved here when you were seven. Yeah. And I have to guess that was with your parents. Yeah, with my parents. Okay. So not not alone. I long. just wanted to make sure. Not alone. It
2: wasn't right, emancipated. Right. That was yeah. bold. That
1: would be a bold <laughs> move. So um, you moved here with your parents, uh, went to Washington High School. Um, Where'd you come from? What's your
0: Montrose is where everything uh, started. I was technically born in Sioux Falls, so it's hard to say I was born in Montrose, but uh, my dad lived there for much of his childhood, and he actually took over his parents' home when they moved out. So we lived there until we moved to Sioux Falls, and we moved after all the flooding in 1993, and schools sure. were a little more promising here, so we took off. And I remember that the last, uh, the last straw thing that made my parents want to move was gas hit
1: $1. <laughs> so... Well, we can see where we are uh, now from there. Yeah. Um, So uh, where did you go to then, to like secondary? Where did you go to college?
0: I went to Dakota State University out of high school. um, And then in 2009, at the very beginning of the year, so in January, I dropped out of Dakota State uh, and took off to the Minneapolis College of Art and Design. I was only there for all of 2009. uh, But then I went back to DSU, and that's where I finished college. Okay.
1: And um, was it just art you were focused on?
0: I wanted to make, when I entered college, I wanted to make video games, um, and that rapidly changed. Um, Even though Dakota State now offers a video game major, which was non-existent when I was there, um, but that rapidly changed to, I wanna make cartoons. And Dakota State's really into their um, technology and doing everything digitally, so cartoons was like, well, this is not the place for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to take a class where I made a film, and suddenly I was like, hey, I wanna make movies. Uh-huh. So that was my straw that took me to Minneapolis because I was like, rampantly obsessed with getting out of there, um, and going anywhere else. So one of my friends was like, "I took a," or my sister took a tour at this college. And we should look at it, and I was like, "Let's not look at it. Let's just go there. Let's just go to that school." And I remember signing my uh, exit paperwork before being accepted, but I was like super confident that like I'm getting in right, to right, art right, school, right? right? And right. I did, which is fantastic, but. Right.
1: But you just put that out there. Yeah. And just, you just went for it all absolutely. the way, jumped off the cliff. And
0: it's it's kind of a uh, both one of my greatest weaknesses and my greatest strengths. So it's like, I'm just going to do it. And I think uh, uh, sometimes that plays into my favor, but I'm learning as I get older that that's not always a good thing to do, but that's okay.
1: Right, right. But that's how those, no risk, no reward. Right, and absolutely. Sometimes you just have to go with that feeling.
0: So bet everything, every time. Yes. Every time.
1: God bless America. I think <laughs> Um,
0: it is kind of the American way. It's like the, the barbecued ribs of like creativity.
1: Yes. Because
0: yes. it, it, it's probably going to kill
1: you, but just eat it. Right. And it's going to taste good. You know, <laughs> so, that's the important thing. You're going to live life to the fullest smack and the right, sauce on your right. lips. Right, right. The, the, the sauce of art smeared all over your lips. Right, Sarah?
2: I love butter. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah, butter.
1: Excellent. <laughs> all right, all right.
0: So I'm, I'm going to ask a big question. Yeah. How, how long do we have, and how much of this is going to be like learning about me? <laughs> huh? All of it. Yeah, so my question my, the reason I ask <laughs> is because the thing that I'm fascinated with is like Artbeat at, in, in the sense of Lazarus or perhaps a zombie has risen from the, the grave whence it came or whence <laughs> it was placed, which it wasn't a bad thing. I love this. Is the most organically successful thing that I had created at the time right. was Artbeat. Okay. And so now now you're taking it. So, like, I'm fascinated <laughs> with, like, the, the transition. Right. That, that's kind of well, what I want to I, I saw it laying there. I mean, we yeah, were yeah. just
1: laying in the street, and we were like, well, Artbeat, what's this? Let's take it. So mm-hmm. how, did, how did you... I don't, mm-hmm. yeah. We're going to have to turn did... this over to my co-patriot.
2: I think the followers of Artbeat are excruciatingly important. Sure. And right. that's an understatement. It's like, there was, like... One or two and then three, four. I'm not sure how much now, but at least five. So when that. I
0: when I created the Artbeat page on Facebook, I never ever asked someone to like it. My my original goal was I'm just gonna let it sit there and if people start liking it, then that means it's working. Hmm. Sure. And so the first how it, what two, three hundred likes that it had, I never once like sent a like request to mm-hmm. anybody. Oh wow. Nice. wow, wow, yeah. And that was kind of mind-boggling to me because as somebody who's running a comic that has its own Facebook, I send like requests to everybody, right? right so I right, don't know right. how much of it's organic, really. Right, right. But, uh, <laughs> so let's get back to your questions and we'll get into like how the hell I have a relationship to beat. We'll... No, no, yeah,
1: because I think it ties in um, for something <laughs> that, the reason that I'm participating in doing it. Um, I think there's a really big component of, you know, and I, I think the first time and correct me if I'm wrong, that I yeah. saw a Champions comic was at Supercon. I sure. think that's where I discovered it. Sure. And um, The
0: ju- the recent, like the last Supercon?
1: Yes, Okay. just the one that came up, yeah. Right. Um, and so uh, being um, a person who's really interested in Sioux Falls and the art scene and what's going on, I was really intrigued by it. And so when I went, when I found out we were interviewing, you know, I went and kind of found out more information. And mm-hmm. there's a big chunk of what you believe and what you're bringing, not just the art. Right. But the community involvement and the reaching out to kids that is, I mean, like right in my wheelhouse. That's sure. what I think is cool. super awesome. Um, but I do want to go back if I could. Yeah, let's go, let's, okay. let's right. go back to things. Because I, I just, am really interested in I just wanted to say like, what was on my mind. First, yeah. first, one of the questions that I have, and it kind of sidestepped for a minute, is um, when I think of comic book artists, mm-hmm. I always wonder if the people who we call comic book artists are like, you know, I'm an artist. You know what I mean? Because it's an art, right? And by there is this interpretation in some people's ideas or mind that you put the word comic artist in front it of it, it loses value. It loses or reduces the seriousness of the art. When
0: I was coming up in uh, illustration and like character design, uh, the colorist I work with, Travis Bentley, he and I had this term for like there's there's uppercase art and then there's art. sort of thing that's like i don't think anyone thinks we have like the capital the uppercase a (laughs) and it's like we're just making like lowercase r like it's just one step away from crafts (laughs) And Mm -hmm. and i'm not dogging on crafts i'm just saying no no, i understand i understand
1: (laughs) people who do crafts are very arty right and it can look very beautiful but yes and as a person who i always say um there are people who write film poetry like sure. foreign film poetry, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a TV poet. You know, I'm like sure. you know the stuff I write is comes into a different. So I understand. Completely. Actually, I
0: think I think I'm working this out in my head right now. I've never said huh? this before, but I think the the capital A art stuff. Um, if we go from like crafts to capital A, the the thing that creates the sliding scale is the amount that relates to trade. Mm-hmm. Because like crafts, I feel like are really on the trade end. They create you create things that are either. Uh, beautiful or necessity or utility um, that you reproduce hundreds of them, you know? Right. I mean, you, some of them are indistinguishable from one another. And then when you get down to the, the not very trade end, it's like everything's unique. It's like big grand gestures. It's murals. It's sculptures, et etc. et cetera. Mm-hmm. It, It's how much of it is relatable to like the concept of a trade. Sure, sure, um, sure, And I think that there's there's this romanticizing of like just the big mural, you know, mm-hmm. just the, the giant weird thing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like covering a bridge. I, think I could dog on smartness I don't like. Yeah, but, yeah, God bless America. We so,
1: will, we'll go there in some other, yeah. yeah. Or a large field of umbrellas stretching fur. Yeah, yes. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know exactly who you are. I grew up in California, so. Good, yes. good. Yeah, God bless America. Um, so you, in college, you really, um, you started off um, right into digital, looking at films, doing cartoon work.
0: So the... I don't think I was going to go to college. Like, looking at high school, I wasn't prepared for it. I was a terrible student. I had awful grades. I had some teachers pushing me to look into art schools. Uh, The one that they wanted me to look at was Savannah College of Art and Design, which I looked at a little bit when I was considering graduate programs, but I don't think it's for me anymore. Um, I picked Dakota State because it gave me a computer. It was, like, the school at the time in 2006. I was like, here, you get a laptop for signing up. And we're like, that's awesome. I've never had a computer before. Free stuff. And, uh... Uh, that's probably a terrible decision to choose anything, but um, that really led me towards doing that. But I knew I wanted to do something with games or like something art related. Uh, but I wanted to be able to make a product sort of thing. I want to make a thing that like people, because I, I grew up with like cartoons, video games, and movies, and like those things I latch on to the things that uh, you know are narrative and recyclable. I guess if right, you want to call right, it and if that. you do
1: it right, can be extremely. I don't want to use the word persuasive in right. society. Oh, yeah, you yeah. can really make a statement and and do something. I'm Rick and Morty has been one of the things that I really have loved, and um, the you know something the things that they're saying. Part of it is, is you know we don't know where they're going, but right. you know they really are making a statement, and you can really do that with this art. Different, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so something that carries on even sequentially, like mm-hmm. the Champions comic. Um,
0: I thought I thought in in my first year or two of college when I'm done with school I'm gonna move to Burbank California and I'm going to work uh, you know somewhere Hollywood adjacent maybe Nickelodeon a Cartoon network and it's gonna like I'm gonna rock the world someday it's gonna be crazy right, and right. like I would tell my roommates and my friends like nah we're all gonna move out there so we've Incredible! I don't remember if we're an illicit podcast or not. Are we allowed to say thirty yes. words? Oh, sure. It was gonna be fucking crazy. I'm right, so excited right. for it. Um, and, and that never happened. I've been to California, but I've never lived there. Right, right. Um, but yeah, he's taking notes. Sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah. If something comes in my brain, I'll just take and jot down. Talk see that—that that really was what was the
0: mildly intimidating to me. Is like heartbeat was once upon a time recorded on an iPhone at a bar, and now you're both sitting here with like she has a giant clipboard with God knows what inside it
1: excellent right, i'm right. glad
2: you brought that up and
0: you both have all of these all, all of these notes
1: it's like hunter s thompson's suitcase in there from, i never
0: uh, took notes for huh? art beat
2: um i'm just getting some paper so we can doodle if we want
1: sometimes oh well, i'm bringing so like i have done i've never done a podcast. Okay. For me. So far, so good. Being an old guy. But I have done all sorts of other radio stuff, bits. I've done voiceover some. There
0: are days where I desperately miss working in radio. And I worked in radio as a not-getting-paid level of college DJ. Right, right. And I was the president of Dakota State's radio station, KDSU, for two years (laughs) and DJed for four. Um, And it was something crazy. A friend had suggested we do, like, day one of college. (laughs) I was like i'm terrified of doing that but okay let's do it anyway and
1: it turned out to be awesome so right right um coming out of college um how fast did you realize um that you wanted to do um residencies work with young younger people i
0: had uh literally no idea that that was a possibility in college no clue that was something i wanted to do in college but then be, she's she's handing me this paper. Wait, I'm, I'm gonna we be all want to be taken. Forced notes. to take notes. That's like, um,
1: Just gotta speak it up. You yeah, just, just
0: say it. it. Don't be scared. Yeah. Can
2: I borrow your pen, Tom? What? I yes. just gave my pen to Thomas. I thought I had huh? Thomas, extra hold record. on. To Dylan? Why? Why? <laughs> Dylan we'll, Thomas. We'll Thomas. find more. So your I'll Thomas. give
0: you the, the description. After college, I I have this like um, this um, Midwestern American dream idea that you have to have a job. Like you got to get a job immediately. And if you don't have that job, you're, you're screwed, you can't support anything, how are you ever going to have a family, you have to you know, eventually get married and all that stuff, which I did do. But anyway, um, I got a job at a call center because it was the first place that said, we'll give you a job. Oh. And I also had no concept that you're allowed to quit your first job, like your first real <laughs> job. We sure, had, I had sure. worked at like Parks and Rec and stuff before. Um, but uh, I worked at that call center for two years, and towards the end of that second year, um, we had a, a life coach get hired. Because they were like, a lot of people who work here are unhappy and we have a huge turnover rate. So we're going to bring this person in. She's going to help people like, get their lives on track and maybe, maybe improve our employer retention. And all I could think was like, she's here to fire the people who hate being here. <laughs> That's how that works. Like, I was super conspiratorial about it. But I sent her an email and I was like, I want to talk to you, but I don't trust you. And like that was the whole email. She's like, cool, here's my schedule. And you pick up some time. You're allowed to have one hour a week with me. And I was just like, I hate this place. I hate everything about it. I wanted to do art. I wanted to make movies. And now I'm in this like nightmare. And I don't know what to do because I can't do customer service for products I don't believe in. And this, this whole thing is a scam. Right. So right, right, get right, me right. out of here. Right. And I was working on a webcomic at the time, which was not great. It's called Little Alice. It was about a like girl with superpowers, and she was like kind of a cat. I, you and, were doing it and, on anime and working at the same time. Yeah. Right. And I was struggling deeply through cuz even the people I was living with were like your comics not good just quit it just focus on your stupid job.
1: Aww.
0: And um that's and cute. Though. And
2: <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, it's, it is cute. <laughs> All that pain. Oh no, and, no. Yeah. The comic itself is super oh, cute. Oh, you
0: yeah, you're one of the few people in this world who is uh, who can say they've seen it uh, cuz you you've actually seen raw pages of mm. it cuz they were mm-hmm. tucked in a drawer for a long time. Uh anyway, uh so she's like well who's this comic for i was like i don't know 14 to to like 20 year olds and she's like well how do you talk to those people i'm like i don't know i don't know how to get fans like leave me alone she's like well do you know anybody who teaches because you could go to a school talk to me about your comic i was like sure fine whatever i know one of my old librarians because i helped run a club with her i'll send her an email and got a hold of Uh, Mrs. Smith at Washington High School. Uh, She was brand new when I was a senior, and we started a comic book anime club there. And I was like, hey, can I come talk to the club if it's still around, talk about this comic? And then I told the life coach, success. I get to go talk to kids. She's like, so you're going to a school, uh, and you're just going to brag? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, if you're going to a school, you have to teach them something. I was like, you're killing me. And uh, so I prepared a, 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 a lesson sort of on how to create good stories while using my comic as a backdrop for how i was failing at it (laughs) (laughs) because i had just learned at like 23 how to write a decent story and was like why had no one ever handed me this literature before it was called invisible ink by brian mcdonald as a short book it's like five dollars on amazon and uh so i brought that and i donated a copy to the library i sat through my whole lecture because i was horrified i was like afraid to stand up i was gonna pass out and then i left And about a month later, I got a letter in the mail. It was a card signed by all the kids. They asked me to come back one more time. And we did a whole thing on, like, storyboarding the second session. And the thing that got me was there was a girl where the librarian, Mrs. Smith, came up to me. She's like, this girl over here, I need you to talk to her because she's super into what you're doing. But it's legitimately cutting into her scholastic career. And so I go talk to this girl. She's like, I've written 13 stories in the last month since you've been here. And I was like, oh, my God, that's incredible. And the librarian's telling me, like, you've got to find a way to tell her, like, do her homework. I was like, I don't know how to tell you to do your homework, but I like right, what you're doing right, here. Right. <laughs> and uh, so that was the moment where I was like, well, I got to find a way to repeat this. So uh, from there, I went into Sioux, uh, Sioux Falls Community Education, which is a wonderful program, but for what I do, it's kind of difficult because it's one night. And you might have someone who's eight and someone who's 50, and they're on way different skill levels. And you're trying to address everything they need, and then they go away, and you don't know if anything worked. All right. So then I got a hold of Jess, who works at Jam. Uh, And I was like, I want to teach a class at Jam. I want to put something together. And Jess was like, well, not not to rub you the wrong way, but at this point in time, I want to be the only person teaching at my store. I was like, that's cool. She's like, you should apply for the Arts Council. And I was like, I'm a little kid. Mm -hmm. I'm like 25. I don't think I'm qualified. She's like, just do it. That's what you want to do. You want to work for the Arts Council and teach kids how to make comics, just do that. And I got accepted. And still, I was like, I'm a little kid. Like When we did our orientation for the Arts Council, there's a big room full of people. A lot of them are... Are, you know 20 years older than me at the time and i raised my hand and said do i belong here like That's i make so i make cool. comics sure um and they're like y- you don't need to ask that question anymore you were chosen by the arts council and the, the board of people who pick so you're relevant and right right yeah and i've been doing that for three years now it's my third year on the arts council so
1: and you go back to Washington High School, or have you done a, a variety I have, of ages? Of I have
0: not gone to Washington for residency. If anyone in Washington is listening, please contact whoever's Washington in High charge School. of hiring. It's 600 bucks to bring in an artist. You can get the money from anywhere, whether it's a bake sale or the mafia. Nobody cares. Nobody does. And I have free housing in Sioux Falls. You don't have to pay for that part. And my supplies are the cheapest out of anyone on the list.
1: You can just drive up so, to Washington and drop off a bag of cash with the note for Dylan Jacobson residency. That's it. That's, that's all it. you need okay. to do.
0: I would love to do a residency at one of the schools I went to, but that's not happened yet.
1: So I expect this to be happening the in the near future. Will you put a character
2: in that landscape? Put a, put
0: a character in this landscape. Like, mm-hmm. Do you want it like up here or anywhere? Like Maybe
2: a couple if you if a you couple. see them.
0: Can I, can, I, can I slowly do this as yes, we talk? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay, cool. Because this is this is a daunting task. I'm good at talking and drawing, but I feel like I need to make eye contact. Oh no, no,
1: don't even worry. I'll just babble over here. But so that that's talk,
0: that's right? how I got with the arts council. I've been at schools all across uh, South Dakota. I've gone. I do some things in Sioux Falls. Like I'm at Ann Sullivan this week, this coming sure. week. Uh, but I've been as far west as uh, uh, I think Rosebud's the furthest I've gone mm-hmm. west right now. But I've gone to
2: Sisseton. Awesome.
0: I've been. My first one was in Gregory. You, oh you hung gosh, out with me for a little bit that's at that great. one.
2: I forgot about that. Oh <laughs> and my that was my in gosh. the summer,
0: so it was really weird because I had like four year olds who were like the big kindergarten is what they called it. Yeah, yeah. All those kids care about is food yeah. and the concept of death. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's weird to say, but they're like, oh man, things die. So that all their characters, like the end is like, and then it died.
1: Right. Because wow. They just cool. learned the understanding. Yeah, that's concept. true. I
0: a lot of I them just it. kind of figure that out around mm-hmm. there. And like, mm-hmm. so then it died. And you're like, yeah.
2: okay, <laughs> the end. It's so the a lot end. of that's it was a story like ending.
0: a lot of it was like there was once a tiger. He was super hungry. He ate everything in the forest. Then he was hungry again. He died. The yeah, end. and I'm like,
2: okay.
1: That's why they're really deep thinking children. They basically just you know he for them that's nice. right they start deciding well why should i do anything because it's just all yeah. meaningless it just don't mean it all
0: ends because you're gonna die yes and then <laughs> yes. you know, and yes. they start wearing black i remember that phase actually at that school i had a kid wearing a kurt cobain t-shirt and was like what is happening it was in elementary school that's right My. and he said something about like he had just gotten uh, dark side of the moon from pink floyd and i was like are you kidding me like Four who are your parents i, I need don't... to meet your parents
1: so and, but, um, yeah one of the things you mentioned I thought was really interesting and something that I really um, uh, believe in is when you go out and you're sharing um, you are really helping kids Um, there'll be specific kids who are this is their life yeah this art this dream and they feel really outside of school um, having to be forced to do routine work and tests and all these things Um, they're kind of maybe a little smarter just kind of odd kids and they thrive in art and being able to meet you and have this opportunity to see you in your twenties doing it. But the real thing, the real struggles, I think that's really valuable. Do you feel that, you know, uh, reaching out to that, the young lady you were talking about?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The 13 or she was in high school. She had to be like 14 or 15. Uh, but that girl who wrote the 13 stories, uh, I think that was huge thing. I hate that i don't remember her name and i have no idea what she's up to now i'm sure she's graduated high school by now uh but uh i I think that that's where the value is because when i thought in college like what's my goal it was like yeah i want to make a movie that like changes the world or like make the cartoon that like everyone loves but it's not about um it's not about the like the the critical impact it's about being able to have someone come back like hey 20 years ago you made a thing that did this to me
1: in a good way 100 percent
0: but, uh, yeah. Because you that's never it.
1: know those seeds that you plant.
0: So, like, <laughs> that's that's what I am in it for, is I, I'm waiting for the day where someone's like, hey, that thing you're making, it's actually, like, helping my life. Sure. Like, it made me a better person, because the things that I look at where I'm like, oh, man, this is a great cartoon, or, like, this is a great movie, it's not because... Sometimes it's like, this is beautifully done. The, the story is horseshit, or, like, there's nothing happening, but it's beautiful, which is fine. But most of the things I pick are like, this changed me. Like, mm-hmm. this, this means something. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that that's like my goal and it's a little lofty i think but uh hopefully i can find it to be attainable so i know that the residencies do have that impact um and i find that value in it and i find it to be an incredibly important thing that i'm a part of Uh, and i recently joined the nebraska arts council to do the same thing Uh, they have a little bit different rigmarole how you get into schools sure so they've got me going to a next weekend uh going to a workshop for teachers who are going to be learning science uh like science standards my goal is to find a way to help them bring art into science via comics. Oh, so they're awesome. going to go to the awesome. Omaha Zoo with me. And then when they're done, they're going to make a comic about an animal from the animal's
1: perspective.
0: Well, God bless, <laughs> so,
1: That is just awesome. That's Dylan, the more fun. I learned about you, the more, you know, okay. So, um, of course, when I was growing up, nerd was whatever. And right. no one legitimately called themselves a nerd though other people sports figures did you know in our high schools and stuff. yeah yeah absolutely but i was always a person who loved art science you know science fiction and i'm um, reading about you um i see that you're a huge buffy fan
0: yep i'm wearing a buffy t-shirt right now oh you are yeah this is right, the, so, right, so my, my favorite my favorite style of buffy clothing is obscure in universe clothing i don't want it to say like buffy the vampire sure sure it, because are. nobody in the show would be wearing that no It's like one of my favorite shirts that's like got holes in it now just has the logo from the high school she went to on it and the graduating year and so I've had people at coffee shops be like hey
1: man where's your high school this isn't real I'm sorry I went to Washington Sure, sure. so
0: so this is a Dingo's ate my baby t-shirt
1: comes from an in in joke Yeah, it's it's a
0: band and this is a like a poster saying that they're gonna be playing at the bronze
1: which is one of the locations in the show on October Mm -hmm. 31st not I'm gonna embarrass myself god bless you It's cool. Um, To admit that I, being an older guy, have watched the whole series. Uh, My daughter was really into it for a period of time and begged and begged. And that's where I first got introduced to Josh Whedon and his writing. Sure, yeah. Um, And, uh, of course, I'm a Firefly fan. Um, Firefly? No,
0: I got got to tell you, I actually have never finished the original series of Firefly. I've seen Serenity. I think it's great. Yes. Uh, I don't know what it is. I haven't given myself too much time to watch it, but it, I, I'm not saying anything bad about it, but I just haven't sure. finished it.
1: But it really introduced me to his writing. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's what I'm interested to know. What what you feel is the influence, what you pull from that that has changed you and your style and what you right.
0: do. Um, the, the first thing that happened was Buffy opened up a door for me where I realized most of my heroes are women. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that speaks something kind of deep about like wh- who I am. And there's probably a lot of things that I'm still like identifying with that, which is different and usual. But, um, I, so I decided at that point, like, I think I want all of my main characters to be girls, and I I can't tell you why. I just think that's important. Um, and I f- literally my webcomic that you thought was adorable, mm-hmm. uh, Little Alice was like, I'm just going to rip Buffy off. Like, I was just <laughs> taking, like, they go to this place. Which is like, why I loved it. They go to this place <laughs> where there's concerts. It's not the bronze, it's the Baroque. It's a freaking similar. Right, it's right. the same thing. The monsters attack. and um, So it was just that. Um, but uh, I'm still looking through that lens. I think there's a lot to be said in Buffy, especially if you delve into the world of Angel, which is the same universe. Mm-hmm. But they get into the concept of, like, I was just having this debate with my wife on the way over here. Do demons have rights? Mm-hmm. Like, if demons were were to exist. exist, like they do in Buffy, do they have rights? Right. Are they people? And I was like, well, l- legally right now they would not be people, but a judge could have the opportunity to say, "Hey, uh, we need to treat them as such," and then we could begin to pass legislation. Um, but some demons kill people, right? So, right. like, but right. if we're gonna coexist, if some humans have, kill people. Yeah, exactly. Right. So what's the difference? Right. Right. So yeah, I think it, there's there's this interesting like Star Trek style blurred line mm-hmm. where like instead of dealing with race issues by dealing with race issues they talk about like demons they're not all evil they're not all bad like sure. everyone can be good everyone can be bad I think that those are things that uh, actually like opened my eyes to things of the world going on mm-hmm. in a way that I couldn't living in Sioux Falls South Dakota where as lovely as the place is we don't have many of the struggles the rest of the world perceivably has sure. you know sure. so it's in a
1: very insulated place it is it's um,
0: incredibly insulated I would say
1: so mm-hmm. I always have to be careful now that you Good put a microphone in front of my face here, that I don't say too many things that will offend people that are listening in South Dakota. You
2: sweetheart, Tom. So God
1: bless America. Um, I mean, I love South Dakota, love Sioux Falls, moved here, and love being here. But what, having, what
0: brought you here then?
1: Um, Work, specifically. Gotcha. And I wanted someplace to raise my kids that was not Southern California. Everyone always picks mm-hmm. Sioux
0: Falls to raise their kids. Yeah. How, how did you pick it? I mean, okay, you said work. So but, like, if work wasn't the option, I, where would you have so gone? So,
1: when I was a little kid, I grew up, grew up in Bloomington. Okay, that makes sense. And I remember this as kind of this idyllic world, of course, right. of my childhood. And I wanted to bring my children somewhere where people weren't shooting you in the back for no reason at all while you were walking down the street. Right, Which was getting becoming very common in Los Angeles at that time. That sure. was like a growing fad. Um, and I've
0: well, never been to like Southern parts of California. I've never been south of Crescent City. Oh, you have So, all right. Uh, uh, I don't yeah. know a whole lot about California, to be frank with you. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I could see that that being a big bonus to Sioux if Falls. If little kids. And I know that throughout the early 2000s, Sioux Falls was frequently winning awards so like best place to start a family, best place to start a business, et cetera, well, et cetera. It was
1: 92, it was voted the best city of the year. Yeah, I remember at that. At some point. And so this was 94, and the riots had just happened. Yeah, yeah. And I was you know looking around, and uh, someday we'll get into the giant story of when I went home and told the wife, okay, we're packing up and moving. Um, but, it's got to be a tough decision. Yeah, we packed up, moved out, and really enjoy uh, Sioux Falls in South Dakota. But coming from where I come from, I do have to say it's about 10 years lagging. Yeah, there's behind. this sort
0: of uh, the, this nexus that South Dakota seems to exist within. Especially the more rural you get. I remember as a kid having like a PlayStation Two would be the new thing, right? I go visit my grandma and Sisseton, and I go to the video game store. Like we got Sega Genesis games. Like, <laughs> oh, what years are you people? And when you're little, like three years is twenty years. You're yes, like yes. catch up. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And yeah. it it is more like 10, 20 years sometimes around. here. Yes, for for, for mm-hmm. certain
1: fads to reach us that are started out on the coast and i still have lots of friends out there so i get to hear about them first you know before they reach us um so it was kind of that dynamic of that um not just good and evil but in in human form i mean as far as the split but that good people can do evil and evil people can do good right that really was a dynamic that was interesting to you and started you kind of with this idea you want to take that and put it in a comic form and
0: right and it's it's weird to me because when I, I saw Buffy as a kid I was like that looks dumb like, I was the kind of kid where that would not have appealed to me at all I wanted something that wasn't inherently actually dumb at the time and <laughs> that I still love like things right, like right. Rocko's Modern life I'm like I'm gonna watch that instead <laughs> right, yeah. right. Uh, while some of my friends were like Buffy's great there's like you know drama and romance and like there's a hot guy on there and this girl's so pretty that you can't imagine it and um, and I, I thought it was terrible. And I took a class in college called the literary the literary history of vampires. One time only. If you don't take it now, you'll never get it. Sure. And mm-hmm. the teacher, I, I ran into him at a Walmart, and we were kind of buddies because I was in a few of his composition classes. He's like, "I'm teaching a class. You have to sign up for it." I was like, "I got a full <laughs> I got I got a full load this semester." He's like, "Don't care. Sign up for it. You need it." This is at like eleven eleven o'clock at night, twelve twelve o'clock something. Sure. He's like, "Well, what is it? he's like?" It's about vampires. I was like. I don't think that's for me he's like you need to take it and so I go, I go sign up and I'm like I don't really care about vampires at all and we were required to watch the first season of Buffy right and so I, I that was actually how I got Netflix and I was watching it like with my headphones on on my laptop in the corner of the room while my roommate's like doing something else and I'm not telling him what I'm doing and so I feel it's almost like I'm looking at porn yes, or something because yes, yes. I'm like this is dumb I don't want to be caught watching something dumb and that feeling of like, this is dumb, stayed for a while, but I couldn't stop watching it. And then eventually, I got a little gutsier. I'm like, okay, I'll let him know what I'm doing. And then eventually, I'm like, can I watch it on the TV? And then suddenly, we're both watching it. And by the end of it, I'm like, this is the, my favorite thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, and yeah. I, <sighs>
1: Though I don't, you know, uh, I watched the whole season. I really have to say, that's his writing dynamic. Yeah. is, uh, is extraordinary and
0: well uh, and then it's actually uh, gatewayed me into things that i didn't think i would enjoy to begin with like uh, um one of the lead writers for buffy also wrote a lot of stuff and executive produced parts of gilmore girls which i've come to find i really enjoy um, so i've recently watched that entire series uh which in as a kid once again my sister would be watching gilmore girls i like, this is terrible I, this mm-hmm. all of this girl's boyfriends are the worst people I've ever met, and I hate this. Right, uh, but now I actually quite enjoy it. So well, it's <laughs>
1: intrinsic somehow the nature of his, himself and his writing team. They really do put together. Um, a really human interaction right not a, you know not a scripted interaction it is the way and this is the why I love Firefly it is the way people would really react in a given situation right and the same reason Avengers, the first two Avengers are so popular because though they're superheroes they're just people too and the dialogue reflects that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that was why Joss was chosen to work on Avengers because they were trying to go back to some of the more uh, human roots of like X Men and Marvel style characters, where they were all persecuted persecuted people who uh, you know were going through some sort of extraordinary experience, but they're still experiencing their humanity. Where I think on the opposite end of the spectrum, DC is more about like modern gods. You know, it's yes, sort of like yes. retelling of old stories where. Things are so superhuman. Like, none of these people have humanity, but they exemplify things that we think are good or things that we think are bad, but you really can't relate to them. Right. Like, nobody can honestly relate to
1: Batman. Right. The grander. They uh, the grander ideas, but we'll, we can talk right. about that I think a there's really ways to podcast. relate with we,
0: Batman. Well, I, I think there are, but I think when you, like, if you break him down as a person... Outside of the the concept of like vengeance, vengeance for good and, and like trying to use bad things for the resolve of the greater good, the, those things I think you can relate to. But like, there's no Bruce Wayne. I don't yeah. think
1: there's a no Bruce Wayne hmm. in this world. I think that um, is it. Is that fair? The original, the, the last fair. three trilogies that just came out, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Much better Batman. Much more relatable storytelling mm-hmm. is much more human. Right. The latest DC movies that have come out. I think have taken a lot of that uh, definite humanity away. Um, Which one are you talking about?
0: You got one. Of, you got one of mine. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sore about it either.
1: No, no. The DC. You know. So like the uh, um, Superman. V Yeah, Batman, Batman
0: v, Superman. v Superman. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough, tough flick to get through. I went to see it in theaters twice. Right. I don't know why I did that, but <laughs> yeah. I did that.
1: Um, well, I love comic books, and you know, I'm a more Marvel fan anyway. As a kid growing up, I like Fantastic Four. I like the sure. Hulk. Sure. Um, I wanted to like the the new DC movies, but I and the last one when they did the fake mustache or they covered that up with CGI. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: The uh, Justice League. I didn't catch Justice League. Yeah. But uh, I was really. I haven't seen Aquaman yet either. That's okay. Right. Me neither. Anyway, so what topic are we on? How we? Oh yeah, I'm so sorry.
1: We got way off there. What I I wanted to relate how. That comes back to your writing. Yeah, the yeah. writing of the comic of the champions. I really love that it's set in Sioux Falls. There's lots of inside jokes. There's, uh, I guess, shout-outs to people?
0: There, yeah, there are. There's a lot of people who uh, appear from downtown in the comics. Even people I can't name that, like, when I lived downtown, I saw them all the time. So I'm like, well, that dude walks down this street every day, like, 4 o'clock, so I'm going to put him on that street. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a good time, being able to do that. And the, the reason I chose Sioux Falls, the, the legitimate reason, isn't necessarily because I enjoy the city or I, I love where I'm from. But you got to write what you know. It's mm-hmm. like, at the time, I had never been to a city bigger than Chicago. And I hadn't spent much time in Chicago, so why would I write about that?
1: Right, right, right.
0: So, you know, I know Sioux like so I can write about that, and that's fine with me. So that's, that's why I picked it.
1: Well, you do it really well. You reflect it really well. You can tell that you have a, you know there is that honest feeling about the, the city itself mm-hmm. and perhaps you know that you'll head to Chicago and for a brief you know for a time you know I'm a person who believes as you get older especially sure you're gonna want to come back to your roots and
0: absolutely you know um, so I moved to Iowa City right, one, right. Of the, one of the first questions I got like at Supercon because some of the people like oh I heard you moved. I can't believe you're up in Sioux Falls for a con I'm like it's six hours I drive six hours for a con anyway um, and, uh, they're like, so is, is Champions going to be in Iowa city now? I was like, well, I'm going to finish the series I'm working on, which is in Sioux
1: Falls. I was like, right, I'm, not, right.
0: I'm not, I'm not going to just like suddenly like shake the, uh, the etch a sketch, be like, no, it's in Iowa right, city. Right, right, <laughs> no. Right.
1: And, or have some cataclysmic event that forces right, our heroes to go right, to Iowa no. city. No, right, <laughs> no, no. It's,
0: it's going to wrap up in Sioux Falls. There are some more fantastic settings that will come and stories in the future. Um, that don't foresee major U.S. cities at any time in the near future maybe I don't know
1: sure sure but. so what that leads me to my next question what you're wrapping up um, the Champions Comics you're down in Iowa City yeah what are we looking to where's Dylan Jacobson going next with this stuff
0: Okay, so I'm trying to get a convention list of ten conventions this year. Conventions are incredibly hard to get into when you're running on like a shoestring budget. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a bunch nailed down that I think I can pull off. Some of them are a little far away, like West Virginia. Um, just one of them but I really want to go. Um, anyway, so I'm gonna try to get through these conventions, and I set this my my like New Year's resolution, if you will, has been get all six issues of Champions inked by June first. So I don't know if you've kept up with any of my posts on Facebook or specifically Patreon, but my Patreon posts are now like this many days left. So they're all like, right now I'll be like 134 days remaining. And um, I'm almost out of issue four. And then I'm going to, I have the beat sheet or like the, the main plot points for all of the series already. Right. But I write the issues after I draw them. Like after I draw the previous one, I write the next one and then I draw it. Uh, but I have all of the plot points and stuff already laid out. So it's pretty safe. Um, but my goal is after this to write issues five and six as though it were one big issue, mm-hmm. which is kind of a challenge because it means it's 50 pages all together. Mm-hmm. And then draw them all at one time. Be done by June 1st. Get them off to my colorist while uh, I'm having a wonderful summer. And he's also going to cons. He could just color for me. That'd be great. Sure. sure, <laughs> and, sure. Uh, and then hopefully by the end of the year, all six will be on the shelves. Um, and then six months later so we'd be looking at like june of next year i'd like to release a trade paperback that is a collection of all six and consider this the six issue series of champions complete um, after i'm done inking i'm going to move on to two new projects one is old and one is brand new the old one is uh, my actual mildly successful webcomic tide that returns which is kind of a story about myself and like penance uh, which is in the champions universe so it's about 800 years before oh, the wow, Champion's wow. book. okay. So uh, one of the characters does appear. Uh, if you haven't figured that out, that's uh, the fine, whatever. Hmm. If you want me to say it, I'll say it. But
1: Well, if you want to release it, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. so Muggy will appear in it because okay. Muggy okay. became what he is in that story. Um, and so that that I'm going to take what I had. I haven't tried this yet, but my goal is to take those panels they're formatted to a sunday comic mm-hmm. but i'm gonna to try to edit them digitally so i can rearrange them to do a book okay. and then finish drawing it the way i tend to draw books now mm-hmm. um and then release that as a, as a graphic novel i'm not doing issues anymore i'm just gonna to go to graphic novels i'm working as an independent uh, artist it's a lot easier i think sure 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 and while that's going on i also intend to work on my first ever kids story because i work with kids so often where teachers are like i wanted to buy them your book and i looked at it online there's a gun in it and I'm like, oh, yeah.
1: God bless the man.
0: Darn. Or they're like, that guy smokes cigarettes. And I'm like, oh, no. People so, don't yeah. smoke cigarettes. People do.
1: Yeah. Especially when your life's it's hard. It's a terrible world.
0: So yes. um, I'm going to be working on a children's series. Well, I don't know if there's going to be a series yet, but at least one graphic novel called Kid Solomon. I honestly think that's going to be my point of, like, critical success, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's yeah. just when I... When I explain it to everybody, which I would gladly do off the podcast for you, um, give give you a deeper rundown, but when I explain it, people are like, that, make that. And so I'm excited about that, which uh, the the skinny of it is we have a kid who finds the ring that the the um, old Hebrew story of Solomon had. Because mm-hmm. King Solomon, if you read it, is kind of a badass story. He's basically yeah. the first Green Lantern. He's got a ring that lets him kill demons. And as he kills them, he gets more power and he lives for 900 years. Yeah. Whoa! Yes. And so I was like, okay, we're gonna have a kid find this ring, like while and, and spoilers, it's a girl, right? While mm-hmm. the kid's at summer camp, puts the ring on, sort of like Ben Ten, if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Ring won't come off, because as the story will will explain the demons have been set loose, and now this kid has to do the same thing Solomon did, but it's a little kid, and it, right, not, right, not to mention right. a little girl, right? Uh, so you know. I'm going to try to take this sort of like Buffy-esque story and whittle and it down to like maybe an 8 to 12 range, mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. young adult or young young reader sort of book. Uh, I'm nervous about it because I want it to be perfect, so I'm going to spend a lot of time just like polishing all right, the edges right. of that. It might right. take a little while to come out, but yeah. Right.
1: Well, I think that's a really excellent goal. Again, this it's the same concept. Helping, especially, you know, um, a lot of kids growing up uh, like to fall in line but Mm -hmm. there's those kids that just don't they're not bad kids they just think not just outside the box but aren't even sure if there's an actual box what there's a box somewhere right and so to to help those kids transition especially through art Mm -hmm. You know, to understand that, yeah, the world is cool and complicated and awesome, and you can tell these stories.
0: I think the thing that's empowering about the residencies I do is I'm not telling them how to draw. I'm just giving them tools to, like, create a story. So it's like, I don't care what your characters look like. And part of that's based off of I'm here for one week. Mm -hmm. I can't really give you too many artistic tools because it takes a lot of refinement, Mm -hmm. right? I can give you some principles, and if you remember them and use them, you will get better. Right. it's that really if I can get you to understand how to do sequential storytelling it doesn't matter if your panels are straight or, or crooked because eventually they will be fine Right. so like you will do fine and the other big thing is I often leave the teachers with information on how they, their kids can start making like web comics that could potentially make money without costing them anything mm-hmm. and kids are always like I can make money right now and
1: I'm right. like yeah, yeah I don't care if you're in fourth grade you could technically make money as you're long right. as you so have parents that, with a bank account Right. and so, in the long run yes you're right beautiful art does sell but what was really not just um significant, but also long lasting sell is a story what right. really sells what really touches people is that story you know, and so teaching them the storyline and being able to manufacture that is super awesome yeah, um so let's get into artbeat
0: cool all right, so this is kind of crazy um I wish I knew how to like. Fully getting... Con- do you want me to do something Oh, man, like they're both mm-hmm. doing art. And then yeah, can we trade it? back? Okay, so no? you want to this one back? Okay. Yay. So, um, what year was it? 2016? Yeah, I think it was 2016. Shortly after Champions came out, I was riding... the. Or no, it was shortly before Champions came out. I was riding this crazy roller coaster of, like, I just got on the Arts Council. I have a comic book coming out. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um, I was at the Arts Council orientation where I asked if I belonged there. And the guy who was running, like, who was doing <laughs> her, like av stuff Mm -hmm. worked for the uh the orpheum the orpheum theater at the time yes and he pulled me aside and he's like you seem like a cool dude you into podcasts i'm like totally am love podcasts want to make one don't know what to do don't know how to start he's like we should do something like you should come to my office after like you know a couple days from now we'll talk about a podcast so i had been coming up with stuff and i was like let's talk about like what's happening artistically like around us and he's like i love it i love it let's do it And i'm like let's do it live because the podcast that I was listening to the most at the time was um, "Hollywood Babylon" mm-hmm. by Kevin Smith. It's obnoxious, and it's like it's just in like entertainment news, right? And uh, it's in front of a giant audience. I'm like, I want to be Hollywood Babylon,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's like, Oh, I don't know where we would go. I'm like, Can we use the Orpheum? He's like, Well, no, because we technically have to pay the fee because, like, you know, I work there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay, uh, the State Theater would be cool, but at the time it wasn't open for anything. I was like, well, I've got, I've got an inn at Bog Trotters. I'm just going to tell them we're going to put on a podcast once a week and people could come
1: and yeah, like we'll yeah, interview
0: yeah. somebody and we'll have drinks. And he, my host at the time's name is DJ. I haven't seen him in two years. He got very busy with a different job and kind of fell off face to the earth. And then, uh, I was, we were using microphones for a little while. DJ had a mobile setup that was a, a smaller version of this. Sure. And then when he was unable to participate, I was just doing it on my iPhone. And, uh, I, really? The how? last, like, six episodes are all on my iPhone. I mean, they sound okay. fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Um,
1: there, there's... Did a, you have a little stand? Did you just no, hold you it just in your hand? No, put... You
0: put... You oh, put, I got gotcha. You put your, uh... <laughs> you put your tablecloth on the table. Yeah. And you, you put the iPhone on the tablecloth. A
1: bowl of peanuts behind it or and,
0: and you just try not to do this too much. <coughs> right,
1: right, right.
0: <laughs> and, uh... Sometimes, sometimes we'd have a big crowd, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes mm-hmm. we have a big, like, sometimes there's an objectively big crowd for how little the podcast was. I
2: think Black, or the Black Collective was maybe 15 people or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sure, sure. And then, well, and then we did, uh, we did Clint Brown, which got really popular. We interviewed mm-hmm. him.
2: Probably 10 uh, people or more. And
0: so my, my dream, when DJ and I were working on this, like, we were driving around Sioux Falls in his, I think, minivan. And we were trying to figure out, like, who, what artists should we go visit to be like, we're starting a podcast. You want to be on it? It's going to be so rad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went and talked to, like, Jen White and people like that. And while we were driving around, I was like, so here's my dream. Artbeat will not stay in Sioux Falls. Artbeat will eventually become mobile. We will go wherever they will have us. We will be in front of a big audience. But we will talk about the... Cool, happening new art in the town we're in Mm. so we'll have to be there for at least one day longer than the podcast like before we're there before we Mm -hmm. record to get to know these people figure it out bring people up on stage so it's like if there's a huge play going on let's get the whole cast like that was my goal right because then we can be like hey we're in Minneapolis we're going to talk about the theater company or like there's this band that's playing in town and they're from downtown and we're going to talk to them and uh I think DJ was really overwhelmed with my insane <laughs> with enthusiasm. Your idea. Yeah. Because, like, when I found out I was making a comic book, I was like, "I'm making a full fledged comic book. Here's a Kickstarter. We raised four thousand three hundred dollars. I don't know what I'm doing with myself." <laughs> and uh, so that's sort of the, the I'm just going to jump all the way in attitude I had. And then I met my my now wife, and the the problem became. I can have as many loves as I want, but I can't romance them all. So I have to cut something, and Artbeat was the thing. The thing. I got
1: you. I got you. So
0: if you're just tuning into this, I was the original host of R Beat. Hey, by and the now way, I'm on the, I'm on the interviewee end of the podcast. Right. We're trying to
1: Aww. trying to tie them together, trying to bring yeah. a circle. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I think I, I
0: think was I the first person technically? Inter- I think our first episode was like me and DJ talking about ourselves. Okay. And like what Artbeat was going to be, I don't remember. Sure. I haven't listened to it in forever. That's a right. good but,
2: question. I tried to start from the beginning on SoundCloud, but we only have, I think, from Clint on up.
0: Yeah, so the SoundCloud will need to be updated with someone's, like, credit card. It takes 15 bucks a month to keep the thing running. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, I can do that. 15?
0: 15, that's it. Perfect. And then you can upload all you
2: want, and everything will come back. Artbeat is now brought to you by my patrons on patreon.com slash Sarah Bainter.
0: Cool. <laughs> so so then the uh, the other thing, um, it's already on uh, iTunes. So right. if, if you're listening yeah. to this, you might be listening to it on iTunes.
1: Sure, be- which would be super awesome. Yeah. I also want to shout out right now to all of your Patreon supporters. Yeah, oh my and God. And say, oh, send, this yeah. guy to, send this guy across the uh, States, to conventions. So, so let, let them let me, roam around all these different conventions.
0: If you're listening and you're like driving and you're zoning out, pull over or like stop work. Tell your boss to leave you alone for five seconds. I just want to tell you the the truth on how Patreon literally works. So I can have $10, $25 patrons. It's cool. I'm going to love all of them. I promise you. I do appreciate everybody. I give out Christmas gifts every year. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but... When one twenty-five dollar person leaves, I feel that hard. Sure, right, and I yeah. understand when people have to back out. Life changes. Mm-hmm. I live in a perpetual struggle for money. Uh, I'm really grateful to be in the living situation I'm in with my wife right now. Uh, but so the the biggest thing you can do is if all you think you can do is a dollar, that that's huge. Right, because I I the value of like two hundred one dollar people mm-hmm. isn't necessarily more than one two hundred dollar person. Mm-hmm. but that's a it's a bigger audience and there's less risk right. so if all you if you're like man i would love to give you money but i can't afford to give you enough to be su- substantial a dollar is substantial right so yeah. I've, I've quit measuring it by dollar and i'm measuring it by number of patrons right right Good. and yeah. i need four more to get to my next tier and if i get to my next tier somebody wins a free piece of original artwork wow do
1: nice. so. you hear that everybody out there on patreon Four um, more people. That's four all. Four more people. So, four, four people.
0: $1 pledges, and you can Wait, win a piece
1: of armor. I'm going over to the uh, wheel. I think we're going up. I think I see numbers five. <laughs> oh,
0: my goodness. Excellent.
1: All right. Um, uh, yeah, this has just been super excellent, Dylan. I'm really glad I got to know you better. Um, I think uh, you're doing one of the things I wanted to say. Um, an old guy told me once about being successful is the secret to being successful is you bite off more than you can chew and just start chewing.
2: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. so, I kind of like that. The, the big thing. I'm not, I'm not going to name any names because I, I love a lot of the people in this community. And I think that there's tremendous artists that are in Sioux Falls that have given up. And mm-hmm. so the thing that I see is some of the people that I looked up to when I got into this have quit. Mm-hmm. And their mm-hmm. lives are fine. Things are going swimmingly. But when I, when I look at where I'm at, I'm at now... If I'd quit when they'd quit, I wouldn't have half the crap I have. And so a lot of times when I, I when I reflect on those individuals I looked up to, I wonder, like, where could they have been had they stuck it out? Sure. If they'd just gone one more year. Can you can you just do 10 more minutes? Like, it, it's challenging. So I, I do have to admit, it, it might sound glamorous, but, like, yeah, I go to all these schools and stuff, but I don't make a ton of money. Right. I'm not, I'm, I'm a, I would say, like, an X or Y list celebrity in South Dakota. Right. But... <laughs> I get to do some things I love to do, but I, I have to acknowledge that there's, a lot, of, there's a, a lot of risk and I have to give up a lot to be able to do right. this. But there's value in that. Mm-hmm. So knowing that you have to just keep
1: going, but and sometimes it's insanely hard, I totally understand. Right. Well, I think one of the things that drives everybody um, who's serious about anything is that unhinged desire inside you really couldn't do Right. Anything else? And if you were, there would, this would always be in the back of your head. Right. And there's kind of a madness in a way. Right. Um, the outlet for myself has always been poetry. I think one of the things that you have that helps make you successful, which many artists struggle with, is that your diligence of getting the product done. Right. Um, and that I is hard. That a lot. Yeah. So
0: and one of the things that I think is insulting is there's there's this air in art where you if you use the title artist, you get a license to be flaky. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Man, mm-hmm. I want to get beyond that.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I think that here's uh, well, a, t- a couple different concepts. One is that most artists have a certain amount of flakiness in them. Well, I because, think everyone does. Well, a, cer- a certain amount, but in, sure. in general, many people are, um, you know, if you're going to be a guy who's a builder of buildings and you got to stay on schedule and you got blueprints and you know, you don't have that time. You're a driven person. Who's not that flaky. Sure. Artists tend to be more dreamers. We're the ones who think up odd things in our head that are much more interesting than the day to day.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Well, I, I think I do agree with that. I think one of the things that I like to get away from is, um, when we're looking at dreaming, I think it's a good idea to dream. And then we live in this country where it's all about, like, you know, like don't, don't be afraid to dream. Like, keep dreaming. But no one ever says, like, go do something about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're and exactly I think we, right. need, we need to reinforce that more. It's like, hey, you got an idea? Go do it. Right. And I don't follow Kevin Smith as much as I used to uh, because I to want some of my podcasts to be a little more informative. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he had the, the philosophy of I could spend 30 grand on film school or I could spend 30 grand on making a film and the, the value of learning is pretty much the same yes. so yes. i think like yes. um you know if you can if you can find a way to pull off the thing you want to do you're going to learn so much more than you would just like sitting there wishing it would happen right and
1: but that doesn't happen unless you take the steps right you got to get up risky. and do something yes
0: mm-hmm. it, it is risky but you know without, come on
1: you put together a comic book
0: without risk there's no reward just like i have saying. put
1: together things sarah you have put together things mm-hmm. And when you hang it on the wall, even though you don't want to, there is this. Will people accept this? Hmm. There is right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. but then sometimes
0: yeah. you get you get the the weird acceptance you weren't expecting like mm-hmm. um my colorist left the uh, the eyes on uh, on some birds like left out their their eyeballs on the shadows, which is weird because I didn't put shadows in there beginning she put the shadows in there. And then she left the eyeballs out. Everyone's like, oh, there's something up with these four birds. They're special because their shadows have, like, eyeballs. And I'm like, yeah, uh, no, that's not true. She did that because for some reason she liked that. And I didn't mm. notice it, so I got it. and you know, Whatever. Nice. Right, but, right. like, um, uh, or I've had people say, like, oh, I see so many years of history here. Is there going to be more? And I was like, in the beginning, I didn't want there to be more. I actually did a big panel at the first Supercom. I was like, you don't need more. Quit asking people for more. Like, if you get one great Wolverine comic, love that comic. Yeah. You don't need to know what he does on Sunday afternoon. It doesn't matter what he <laughs> eats for breakfast. Like, quit asking me for more. And, like, it was a it was kind of a crazy time. It was one of the best panels I've ever done because it was super interactive. Right. Because I actually got the room to break down, like, most of their favorite characters were characters, like, in comics specifically, were characters that didn't have that much stuff about them. I was like, why is it your favorite? Like, well, it could be anything. I can imagine him to be this way or that way. And I'm like, yeah, but once we give it to you, then the things you thought about that character go out the window because now you have definitives. Right, now that we've given so, you more. So I still have that sense like maybe you don't need more. <laughs> so a lot of the characters I'm working with now, after this series is finished, you're not going to see them again. Right. Because you don't need more. If you want more, come up with something more. Make some fan art. I would kill for some fan art.
1: Now, <laughs> there's something that I haven't experienced as much being a um, producing art in this um, millennia now this uh, uh, with Facebook and all this social media, right. how much do you find or believe that social media influences an artist and possibly makes them adapt their work to meet their fans' demands on social media. Oh, I think or, and, it's tremendous. And I how think... annoying is it to you personally as an artist?
0: Uh, it, it is annoying, but there's this uh, there's this problem. So I've been, I've been dealing with uh, small bouts of depression over the last couple uh, of months. It's hard moving to a new city, especially mm-hmm. you're like, hey, my whole audience is in Sioux Falls. My book mm-hmm. takes place in Sioux Falls. How am I going to to adapt to a new town? And uh, so that that's difficult. And one of the things is. You know, logging in to Facebook and, like, seeing that the Facebook page has lost a like or something. Those things are really meaningful, but it is stupid. Like, go make the thing you want to make and someone's going to like it. But at the same time, it's like, I have an audience and I just lost somebody. Mm -hmm. Or, like, what do they want? Why isn't anyone liking it? But then at the same time, it's like, well, I'm not paying Facebook to make people like it. So they're not seeing it.
1: Right, right. So, I don't know. It's, it's
0: It's a weird, vacuous space we live in. Right.
1: And kind of this, I see interchange between fans, social media fans and the creators of art and the fans doing all their uh, screaming, I don't know a better word for it, doing their dramatics is influencing now the people who are about to produce the art. They're trying to meet their fans instead of um, producing the art they have in their heart, their vision. Mm-hmm. And I I wonder how that affects you day-to-day, like in the champions kind of thing. And I
0: haven't really had anyone say like, hey, man, you've, you crossed the line here.
1: Right. I think I would... You need to add such-and-such such type it, of character. It
0: would be interesting. I, well, at cons, I do get a, do you have a this-this character? I'm like, no, I'm like, you should have a this-this character. <laughs> like, well, I don't have room for God that that character America. right now, sure, so sure. maybe in the future we'll do Write consider. your own
1: damn comic about right. the damn thing. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I have noticed, like, it's not the most diverse comic in the world. I am trying to focus on that a little bit. So one of the goals with, God help me, expanded Champions Comics, which I do mm. intend on doing, is to hopefully partner with writers of different backgrounds to create different characters. Because I've got a, a wonderful idea for a, a black superhero, but I don't necessarily think I'm the person to write the whole thing. Like, I can pitch right. a concept to another writer, and but like, give me this character, please, because... I don't know if that's necessarily appropriate. I don't have the perspective. I'm a right. silly little right. white boy from Sioux Falls. Yes.
1: God bless you. <laughs> so, but is in the original telling of this, you know, this is where I worry when we cross this line. If I have a story that I'm trying to tell, right. And that story's in me and I need to tell it, right. Um, and I tell the story, it's still a valid story. I agree with Whether that. I have a certain perspective. amount of. I think like I characters. think you're absolutely
0: right. So I don't have a whole lot of story for things like that done. I like have concept. I don't know what I want, and so I'm kind of treating it like a, like, this is weird, but um, like a gift where someone's like I got you socks, but I don't know. So I know I'm getting socks because right, I I right. asked for socks. I'm getting mm-hmm. socks. I have no idea what they look like. Mm-hmm. And so like that's the excitement for me because when I hand my pages off to be colored by someone else because I've learned to do basically the same coloring. Sorry, Travis, you're super valuable and I would never replace you. He loves you. you, Travis, just so you know. But uh, mm-hmm. but, handing it off and being like, oh, I would never have picked that color. Like that, Some of those things are like ridiculous, ref- ridiculously refreshing. And when I finally get it in print, I'm like, wow, this is my book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen it in this light before. Of like With these colors printed to this size, Like that's crazy right, for me. Right so I think that would be the same thing with like working with another writer where I'm like this is the stuff that has to happen give me a character yeah yeah, yeah. these are the things I need to have this character have and the things Mm -hmm. that the story needs to have give me 120 pages right and then I'm like alright cool I get to write this thing or I get to draw this thing that I had some say in it like I got to pick the Christmas present but I don't know what it's going to be sort of thing I like that that's Uh fun Uh so I'm looking at it more like that Um, but it is partly I, I haven't had demands to be more diverse but I feel like I feel like there there's a bigger world out there, that especially with, that I that I want to explore. Yeah, sure, sure. There. Now
1: that's completely acceptable so, and understandable. Right, they say it like acceptable, like I give it my seal of approval. <laughs> 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 so, um, well, I just that's been a subject in my mind that I sure. wonder because, of course, growing up in a different time period and being able to basically do whatever kind of art I wanted, um, yeah without this pressure without this worry right absolutely uh, yes yeah and I really w- don't want it to affect uh, sto- our storytelling ability um, so I take it you two um, know each other from previous before I all this happened I
0: think we originally met at uh, art collective is that right I think yes. you told me that and I was yes. like I don't remember you yep, at all totally, That's totally. fine. I sure. came
2: to your booth and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this kid has his stuff together for real."
0: I miss the old art collectives. Mm-hmm. Well, still, even the, even the new ones are great because Travis and I set up these little booths that look like we're at a comic book convention. We have like a big banner of prints hanging behind mm-hmm. us, and I love you people in Sioux Falls, but our art's the cheapest, so we sell, oh, yeah. we sell for real everything. Yeah, we go bonkers. So the people who have like one four hundred dollar beautifully painted painting might not sell that painting, but I sold. $40, $10 things. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going home. I'm like, I'm <laughs> having a great night.
1: So when I first started in the poetry world, um, this is back in the uh, mid to late 80s, um, I came out of the punk scene and had been in punk bands and been unsuccessful and just took a lot of my punk songs and cut the choruses out and just went sure. up and read those songs uh, as poems. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it because of my vocals, whatever, I was semi-popular I don't know whatever um but one of the things I did was I had you know this is the bad old days and I had an apple 512k or whatever and one of those old printers that go off the spool and I would buy big reams of paper and I would do all my artwork and put my poems in on the mac thing and I would just run off reams of paper and take these books that I would make Hmm. And sell them for a buck a piece, right? At the poetry mm-hmm. reading, it so it's I'd like a sell, zine. I'd sell like 70, 70 of them, right? And have money for like because I was homeless mm-hmm. during this period of time, basically. Jeez, yeah, yeah. And uh, have money to drink for a number of days um, <laughs> when many of the other poets had ten dollar books or twenty.
0: Right. And there's books. something to be said about like the sub ten dollar items, like at any given time. So like, I think that's what made me look really put together. Like I had my shit in the, shit in the group. Um, because it's like I'm selling everything. Everything's for sale, and it all goes. And by the end of the night, I'm gonna get myself forty dollars steak and a bunch of beer. Yeah, I
1: mean, God bless you. you're living <laughs> and, it up. That's what art is about. And yes.
0: like, that's a cool time. Uh, but uh, then we officially met. Uh, like, was it at Bog
2: Trotters? Um, I think yeah, it was you,
0: before, I probably, but I could oh be wrong.
2: Gosh, how. How did I? Oh, Facebook. That's how it. Yeah, began. yeah, yeah. I started yeah. sharing a bunch of stuff and just being really enthusiastic, and I think I became like a fan pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it was pretty cool. And so uh, then I, I lived like right around the corner from Bogtrotters. Yeah, I know we got we got very little bit of time left, but we I lived around the corner for Bogtrotters. She worked there, and I hung out there all the time. And friendship. There we go.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Because I heard there was some kind of stalking thing <laughs> that was going on, or I heard something. Um, I would like to hear this. Huh? Well,
2: we, I think once we had been brainstorming and storytelling one afternoon and sure. had come up with an alternate universe where I was your biggest fan.
0: Oh, yes, I do remember this. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah.
2: Which might not be totally off. There's some things that might be off. but. <laughs>
1: well, I think one of the great things about um, the Sioux Falls art community is um it, it is a, a very close-knit group of people it is yeah and mm-hmm. everyone is really supportive and so when you bump into someone else that you hadn't known yet and you're like oh man i just did mm-hmm. what you got going on mm-hmm. i dig what you're doing you know you're bringing something different to the scene to the table yeah and absolutely so it's yep. really i've experienced this
2: kind of like over and over again this phenomenon where you recognize another artist or musician or poet and you just kind of it's the head nod we know each other already we're already on that level right yeah it's sort of like a no conversation thing
0: yeah i I think that's kind of fascinating so it looks like we're are we getting close to time yeah
1: we can
2: i can close up here thank you very much tom um thank you so much for being on the show dylan yeah and thank you for reaching out to me about the art bead podcast i had a lot of fun
1: yeah, hopefully good, everything will good. go good. And who knows? Uh, we might be uh, doing this again, I'm thinking. I think well, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm
0: hoping you enjoy it. And if there's any logistical issues, just reach out. I'll definitely try to enable you both to have awesome. as much control sure, as possible. Sure. Um, well, as soon as we're
1: wrapped up, we're going to completely divorce from what you wanted. I'm uh, just going to make it. Uh, just I figured as much. <laughs> I mean, I hope you go to Minneapolis and Seattle <laughs> and right. stuff. Yeah. Just and that be fun. Go, go to Seattle next great. year
0: for PodCon. Uh, and yeah, then I'll too. see you in West Virginia Ooh, next Christmas for Candle Nights. That's right. And we'll we'll go from there.
1: No,
2: no, no. Noted. (laughs) Uh, Thank you also, Sean and Calliope Calliope Becker and Sean Benes, all of the impressive artists that we know are very supportive in Sioux Falls here. That means all of you, if you're listening, I take very seriously um, the scene going on in South Dakota. So that's going to be fun to watch and in the Midwest as well. So I thought that was important to bring up. Just a real quick side note. And Tom, thank you for all that you do. And thank you, listeners yeah that's rb podcast okay, can i can i do some housekeeping real
0: quick oh you can't sure. no, okay so so i'm not not judging how you do this but it's always okay. good to go out on a, on a big uh, big uh, advertising note number yeah. one if you want to follow me online go to patreon.com slash dylan super short i've been an early adopter of patreon patreon.com slash dylan uh you can give me as little as a dollar a month you get to have a lot of uh, early access to comics helps me go to different schools helps me live the life i'm doing help me get into some of the new conventions and then on top of that, if uh, if comics aren't your thing, but you want to drink beer um, or coffee, and you want to draw stuff and win awesome prizes, we've started a whole new community called Dylan's Drink and Draw, which um wow. drink and draw is typically a thing that's just like hey let's go have a beer and doodle together this is a game uh we roll a couple of sets of dice you get a prompt the prompt could be something as simple as like pig and flower and you have five minutes to draw something based on that prompt that will then be juried by judges who are made up of my patrons so you have to give it little, as little as a dollar a month to become a judge um and then the winner will be able to choose prizes that are legit. Uh, we have. We partnered with the Sioux Falls Game Chest, so I know that we have sets of dice that are available oh, for nice. prizes. Nice. There's a $10 awesome. gift card to Game Chest. We often give away a free drink at the venue, which is Full Circle Book Co-op, and we might nice. be partnering for a long-term relationship there.
2: Beautiful. Yeah, God bless those um, guys. So and, the next,
0: and the next one is this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. It is free to attend right now, um, so become an early adopter and get in while it's free. Sure. And then at the end, since everyone's like, you judge our artwork, we hate you, then the judges have to draw something that you roll the words for, and... They don't win anything other than your praise and hatred. Yeah, so. God <laughs> bless that.
1: Sarah? Um,
2: pretty much, I'm just available, Art of Sarah Bainter, on Facebook and Instagram. I've
1: got a Patreon.
2: And I have a Patreon you too, patreon.com slash Sarah's Patreon.
1: And if you want to support me, support both of these young Sioux Falls artists. Uh, continue to support the arts in your community and help those kids who are growing up and wanting to paint their hair pink and let them know it's okay to be a weirdo and be successful.
0: Oh, and one one last thing I'm not going to give you any explanation but in your favorite podcatcher, go ahead and uh, make sure you've subscribed to not only artbeat but uh, every week I want you to search for uh, sideburn state and once it shows up subscribe to that
1: sideburn state yeah you got it
2: cool excellent all right thanks God bless guys America
1: have a good night What are we working with? Adobe, a dish? Yeah, this looks different than I do with housing.